Hey, welcome back to another Chris's Comments, show of common sense on common ground. And I have to emphasize on common sense on common ground because of the simple fact of the title of this episode. Tough it out or bend over. Honestly, it's a very reasonable question. You know, it's it's a very reasonable uh, circumstance that we got. So why not ask that question? And here we go as to why. Something that came out on Market Business Insider. U.S. gas prices will rise, likely rise, after the OPEC plus snub to Biden. Okay? But not for drivers in three states. Now, I don't know what three states they're talking about. I know this article describes three regional areas of the United States. Um, so here we go. I'm going to read the uh, thing and I'm uh, because... This is going to be a long one. I'm going to read it, and I'm going to throw my concern out there. And I'll be, as usual, pointing out when I'm throwing my opinion and when I'm uh, uh, referring to the article. So, <clears throat> here we go. All right. Uh, Market Business Insider. U.S. gas prices will likely rise. You type that in Google. It'll probably pop up. Uh, the rest of it will pop up. Uh, the U.S. fuel market already suffers from maintenance outages at key regional refining hubs and increasing gas demand contributing to the rise of the U.S. gas prices, something we already know. OPEC plus production will limit the amount that prices will drop. Prices below $3 per gallon will disappear as a result. Only some relief to rising U.S. gas prices will be felt as refinery issues are resolved. I want you to pay close attention to that because there's a lot that I'm going to be spilling out about those refineries. Uh, just keep that in mind. Moving on to the article. The OPEC decision to cut oil production will cause gas prices to go up in the East Coast, South, Northwest, and the Rockies regions for now, says an expert. I, don't, I forgot who the expert was. That's not important. That's just projected. Um, another... West Coast, Great Lakes, Plains uh, areas, those regions, will see prices drop as refinery issues are addressed. There's the word, key word again, refinery. U.S. refinery issues on the West Coast have crunched the region's supply as roughly six refineries undergo maintenance or experience outages. But weaknesses in the refinery industry is nothing new highlighting unprecedented bottlenecks at the refineries where crude is um, converted into gas. Okay, I'm going to stop right there and I'm going to remind everybody, six refineries, those six that were refineries that were that are they're talking about were the ones that were shut down during COVID back in 2020. 160,000 jobs out of 300,000 were laid off. There was a lot of work that, that was uh, laid off and all this good stuff, and it was just downright wrong uh, because they haven't been uh, revitalized to this day. We're now in October, the 10th month of 2022, and this still hasn't bounced back up. Instead, companies are saying, we've got maintenance and, and outages problems, okay? That's the dumbing down of this entire section of the article. Moving on, 
That's largely due to the impact of coronavirus pandemic, as I brought that up, and inability to for the refineries to cope with the rebound in demand for gas as lockdowns restrictions ease. Okay, now I want to refer to you guys from a posting back about Chevron CEO and their bullcrap back on the posting uh, date 6-21-22, June 21st, 22. The post that I made about Chevron CEO urges Biden to stop criticizing big oil, okay, and take a new approach, okay? Stop being such a killjoy for us fuel people. You know, it sounds stupid, but all of those problems that are that are brought up right now were the same ones that were brought up in the past, okay? Now, this is the same story being told uh, here uh, uh, on the very same year. This was June of early this year. Uh, so, four months ago, you know, they were com- the CEO was complaining about uh, not having leases and permits on federal land to drill. Uh, the ability to permit and build critical infrastructure and regulation that considers costs and benefits, which basically means um, doing brand new drill sites and refinery sites on the taxpaying dollars. They don't want to pay for this. Um, but this is the thing that was talking about. Uh, six refineries undergo maintenance on uh, experience or, or experience outages. Those were the six that I was talking about, okay? And they're still blaming the coronavirus pandemic and lockdown restrictions, as opposed to them just toughening it out and still finding ways to keep those refineries running. Okay. Carrying on, recession fears could impact crude demand, meaning prices may not see large increases. They fall, the fall and winter driving season means gas price demand usually dips supporting a price drop in weeks ahead and that part is true not many people allowed to do winter drives to the beach i get that uh but to say that oh it's not good, probably not going to be a problem it might not be a problem that's a no-no okay that's a no-no you can't be telling us people that and you fools out there that are following this crap can't be falling for it not you, the person on the other side of this screen. I'm sure you're smarter than me. I believe it. But you and I both know that there's tons of people out there uh, that will fall for it. Sorry for the slurpings. My mouth is dry. Okay, here we go. Carrying on. Prices, like in California, could also see signs of easing as the state governor, Gavin Newsom, relaxes rules to allow oil refineries to start to sell more polluting winter blend gas. Okay, to that effect, some U.S. states could dodge the impact of OPEC plus production cut. And that's a, that's a downer. That's a downer because Gavin Newsom, who was holding his own for a good while, um relax some of the uh, uh, restrictions and uh, the polluting winter blend gas is now going to be back to polluting the waters and the land over there. Uh, that's that's a downer. 
But right now, obviously, Newsom feels his hands are tied, and so he carries on. Back to the article. The OPEC Plus measure to reduce production by 2 million barrels per day in a bid to send crude prices higher ramped up the pressure on U.S. Biden. Okay. Uh, OPEC Plus supplies an estimated 40% of oil globally. Okay. Just a little reminder. The White House accused OPEC 3 of, uh, excuse me, OPEC Plus of aligning with Russia as tighter supplies should drive crude prices higher and in turn raise gas prices. The White House watches gas prices move closely ahead of fiercely contested midterms only in a few weeks away on November 8th. As we all know, it's a political power play um, that's being done on our politicians, particularly Biden. Biden has made them a focus of his administration and has called on oil companies to cut prices while also exploring gas export bans and relaxing sanctions on Venezuela so Chevron can pump more oil there. Now, that was a very big disappointment as well. Not so much on a state governor like Gavin Newsom, but on our president of the United States, Joe Biden. He relaxed sanctions on Venezuela. Venezuela, being one of those companies, being one of those countries where Biden said, can we work a deal in Venezuela, along with Argentina and all these other companies, it's not just Venezuela, it's a lot of South American countries with big oil, that said, no, you either take the refugees that we kick out of our country and buy oil, or no deal. Okay? Speaking of that crappy attitude, despite the fact that it's not really noted it's all formally said in the new, in the news media okay chevron got a chance to drill and pr bring oil out of venezuela while as of yesterday cuz today is uh uh october 13th 2022 yesterday on october 12th 24,000 migrants from Venezuela are going to be accepted uh, from, uh, because they've got sponsors. There's a guesstimation of another 50,000 that are not because they don't have papers or sponsors. That is a huge upset. This means Biden bowed down just a little bit to Venezuela and Chevron who has drills in Venezuela. And for the record, another reason why we always opposed drilling in Venezuela is the same reasons why we oppose drilling in the Middle East because of the simple fact that there's horrible labor conditions. They're getting works their uh, workers are getting paid very little to nothing. If they're injured, they're fired. If they're dead, there's no uh, uh, compensation or anything to the dead's families. Nothing is paid for it. It's all on their families. It's all on the workers' families. A bunch of crap that a lot of laborers have to go through for the bigwigs who are running the oil 
business who are profiting and greedily keeping all of the profits out of every level. And that's another reason. And then to top it all off, Venezuela happens to be one of those countries that's letting the gang violence run out all the uh, uh, normal civilians. They're also doing their part in partaking in, uh, in snubbing out, rubbing out all the people who are not following them, their, their political leadership. Okay? It, it's a huge, disgusting power play. Um, and they told President Biden to take our migrants now coming over across the border, 24,000 uh, as of this date, uh, October 12, 2022. Um, so this is a very bad thing. I, I'm very sad that Biden did that. I understand his back is against the wall, but he seriously, seriously needs to not uh, not let the uh, leeway of those in power to have, to take advantage of. Okay? You know, Biden may, has made focus of his administration to call on oil companies to cut prices while allowing while also exploring gas export bans and relaxing sanctions on um, Chevron in Venezuela. Okay. Carrying on to the, back to the article, the U.S. gas prices are, permitted, uh, are primed to keep climbing after OPEC plus uh, slashed output. Okay. Um, when is the June? Okay. Yeah, back to that. All of the experts say we're going to see many sub uh, $3 per gallon gas prices disappear in the weeks ahead, primarily thanks to OPEC's decision to cut the oil production. Um... I'd like to, before I carry on, before I carry on with this next part, which will be uh, important, I'd like to remind everybody that one of the main reasons why we're going through this crap is because um, the gas prices here in America, the reason why we're going through this crap is because the gas and oil field industry wants Keystone Pipeline to be reopened. Keystone Pipeline starting in Alaska, going into Canada, coming into the U.S., branching out to Illinois, however, still maintaining a flow directly to where it stops in Texas, here in my Lone Star State, okay? That's the Keystone Pipeline. $8 billion to build. $70 billion of that came out, $70 million, I'm sorry, not billion, $70 million came out of our state and local taxes, 55.6 million on property taxes came out of that. Uh, 3.4 billion a year in profit. Okay, it brings in the oil and fuel companies. 3.4 billion dollars a year in profit. Only 35 permanent jobs completed. Okay, so teams of project workers that made this thing 
Okay. They got they worked, they got paid, they left. Only 35 people are now in charge of this pipeline from Alaska to Canada into the US, branching out to Illinois and coming up finishing off all the way down here to Texas. The Keystone pipeline brought in 600,000 barrels per day. Okay? But it lost a third of that, 300 plus change per day as well. Why? Because of uh, cracks, breaks, leakage, if not actual severs, uh, break-offs of, that the pipe had due, cons- due to constraints. Okay? It's anchored into the ground, but only, uh, but only not the pipeline itself, just those, uh, just those brackets that hold it in place that keep it two, three feet off the ground. Okay? Those anchors in the ground, well, they're in the earth. The earth shifts, even on flat land. So when you've got the earth shifting, those uh, brackets, uh, and I'm calling them brackets, I don't know the politically engineered term, politically correct engineered term, those brackets shift along with the earth, so does the pipe that it's holding. And those pipes, facing stress, can lead to, to breakage, leaks, uh, disconnects at the, at the, at the uh, ends of the pipes where they're supposed to be connected, um, warped pipes, and then if not complete, completely severed and completely broken into pipes, okay? Now that one, that last one is uh, is is the rarity. It happened once. However, the rest of those uh, still happened, and they happened numerous of times since it's built in 2011, I think, or 2012. I can't remember uh, the time around the time that that the uh, the Native Americans were trying to get them out of the Dakota Access portion. Okay, since that time. It's done nothing but leak. It's been doing nothing but lose that very same stuff that provides the profit. 300,000 barrels per day. Okay? Out of the 600,000. All right? That's a lot of money lost. That's a lot of water and land damaged. Okay? And I'm going right back to... Um, the OPEC problem because I want you all to bear in mind that the president's back is is being put up against the wall. Somewhere down the line, these guys, they're going to try to get what they want, which is going to be the Keystone Access Pipeline. It's a very, it's a very, if it was to hold its own, if it was just not to cause all these problems of leaking a third of its uh, barrels per day, you know, it might have actually been a really worthwhile cause. We could literally then say that we don't need the world to give us their oil, to do business with oil around various parts of the world. But that's not what's going on. Okay? Uh, right now, the pipeline is worthless. It's doing more harm than good, so it's good that it stays closed. Until, until the oil and fuel 
companies can get off their asses and actually make something that's actually worth a damn, it's good that it's closed, okay? So what do we got left? Well, we got the situation here with other countries. We got Biden that closed off uh, problem, uh, closed off business with Russia. Why? Because it's not Russian oil. It was Crimean oil. It was Ukrainian oil. It was never Russian oil. It was Bosnian oil. It was never Russian oil at all. It was Kosovo oil. It wasn't Kosovo. It was never Russian oil. It was Croatian oil. Okay. For decade after decade of everybody else's oil. And the Russians profited off of that. That's robbery. It's based off of stealing. It's based off of killing. It's based off of mass murdering. Country invasions. Okay? America said no this year. Okay? America said no. Europe joined in. They said no. Okay? So Russian oil out. Okay? Biden goes to the South America, says, help us out. Let's work a deal. Venezuela, no. You take our refugees and you buy our oil or no deal. He goes to the Middle East. The Middle East, no. You take our oil, regardless of however many journalists I murder for exposing my sins, or you got no deal. Okay? Biden's back is to the wall. And so he goes to the companies here in the U.S., and the, all the companies in the U.S. are saying, no, you got to stop criticizing and try a fresh approach. Try a new approach. Again, this is Chevron Chief Executive Michael Worth. That's, those are his words. His words on the article. Chevron CEO urges Biden to stop criticizing big oil. Take new approach. Okay, that's the title. You can read it yourself. You can read it yourself. Okay. Chevron was the only one with uh, with a uh, executive chief executive that had the balls to actually go up to Congress, uh, to the courts, and say this crap. But it's it's irrelevant that he's the only one that said it, though. Okay, because he's he's not alone. This is every oil company, and there's seven major ones. Okay, this is every oil and fuel company that's doing this crap and all for uh, um, no zero regulations zero restrictions for the Keystone Pipeline which is the big scorer there and any and every refinery worked on from this point on to be off of the taxpaying dollars just like the way it was before anybody even thought Biden would even run for president before Biden's presidential uh, election okay before Biden even came around the corner that's the way it's always been that's the way they want it that's the way they want it to be and they're going to want to turn the screws to make sure that it's doing that which leads us to no peck okay A, a bipartisan legislation passed on Senate panel in May this is as far back as May that would allow the U.S. to sue nations, OPEC plus nations, uh, for price fixing. To put pressure on Saudi Arabia in particular, members of Congress, including Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer and Republican Senator Chuck Grassley, 
want to revive legislation called NOPEC, the No Oil Producing and Exporting Cartels Act. And uh, here we go. A senior at the Athletic Council. Here comes the spitting. Here comes the hate. I don't make this stuff up. This is person. This is the experts that uh, that themselves have thrown themselves out there. A senior at the Atlantic Council, one of those oil uh, energy producing uh, uh, councils. Ellen Ward is her name. The issue that we're talking about for American consumers is that these countries could retaliate against American interests. They already have. They've been doing it for the longest time. We've just been bowing down to them. Back to the article. but And back to what she's saying. Okay. We could see a reduction in global oil supply as a result. Okay, here's the speculation. This is what she says, but it's all just speculation. From 3 million bar uh, barrels per day to 600,000 barrels per day. Okay. Now, technically, 600,000 barrels per day is what the country could actually run off of if we had the Keystone Pipeline thing. So that's not really bad. But she's over here saying that that it's a retaliation of other countries, that if we don't get 300 million barrels per day, it could be reduced to 600,000 barrels per day, and that's a bad thing. Okay? Here's another thing that's speculation what i call speculation it, this is her voice the uh, the uh, atlanta council um, member's voice but it's still just speculation based off of what she's saying she's saying it could lead to the difficult issues particularly for americans in saudi arabia but saudis also do business in the u.s era uh, aramco the largest uh refinery in the u.s and movita refinery in Texas, my Lone Star State, okay? These so-called difficulties could be problems for Americans in Saudi Arabia. Americans in Saudi Arabia always go through difficulties. Why? Because it's Saudi Arabia and they don't like Americans. Unless, of course, they're protected by somebody in the higher up that's making money. Saudis do business in the U.S., those two refineries in particular, Aramco and Movida. Okay, in my opinion, however, this is part of the problem with industry, laziness and stubbornness. Maybe. Maybe. Because those are the two largest, and there's seven large oil refineries. These are the two largest coming out of Saudi Arabia. And these guys are a part of OPEC Plus, and OPEC and OPEC Plus. Well, then we got some problems here. Okay. We got some problems concerning uh, the so-called uh, uh, Biden's move and NOPEC uh, uh, making their moves, you know, as a bad thing, you know, because if, if they don't, in, in my opinion, if they don't make their moves, uh, Aramco and Movita, along with five other refineries, are going to be getting what they want, and that's to do nothing but jilt us to jerk us around that is the problem that I'm talking about Ellen Ward continues on NOPEC suing other countries I don't think it'll help the gas pump at all we're seeing a lot of issues that are somewhat related to OPEC 
but are not entirely related. So it's like, okay, let's be very clear, okay? Aramco and Movida, it's very related. It is 100% related, all right? Aramco and Movita. Aramco being the largest refinery in the U.S., Movita being the largest here in Texas, probably the second largest. Out of the seven refinery industries, seven major companies, this is a problem. They are completely related, especially if it involves OPEC, OPEC Plus, and NOPEC. Okay, it's a com conflicting. Uh, con it's a it's a confrontation of powers that be between the politicians and the money, plain and simple. And we can't bow down to that. Uh, they're making that very clear. The politicians are making that very clear. Which comes back, which comes right up to uh, the next article, CNBC.com uh, came up with this OPEC plus to cut oil production by 2 million barrels per day to shore up prices defying U.S. pressure. Okay, so all the stuff that I just described, what was going on concerning NOPEC, OPEC, NOPEC, um, the, uh, the, the challenges with uh, uh, the other countries, them snubbing us off, the uh, pressure building to where uh, sanctions are relaxed, and um, relaxed rules to allow refineries to start to sell more polluted uh, winter blend gas, okay? All of the stuff is going on. It's been going on, uh, and, and including NOPEC from as far back as May, okay? All the stuff going on. Here we are, October um, of the same year, of this year, uh, OPEC, their stuff defying... Uh, okay, OPEC to cut oil production, you now know this, defying U.S. pressure. OPEC and non-OPEC allies, a group often referred to as OPEC+, Plus, decided to reduce production by 2 million barrels per day from November, November of this year. The production cut for November is an attempt to reverse this slide despite repeated pressure from the U.S. President Joe Biden administration for the group to pump more to lower fuel prices ahead of midterm elections next month. Okay, now y'all remember I brought that part up that it's a political thing. Okay, uh, out of the uh, out of the first one where prices will likely rise. Okay, OPEC Plus will hold its next meeting on December fourth. So this this is going to be very you catch that right you caught that clue right after the November eight elections when certain people are out of power and they can do stuff like override whatever the president wants whatever President Bo Joe Biden wants you know OPEC will hold its next meeting a month after that December fourth to start discussing business. The White House said, back to the article, the White House said in a statement that Biden was disappointed by the short-sighted decision by OPEC Plus to cut production quotas while the global economy is dealing with the uh, continued negative impact of Putin's invasion of Ukraine. Okay, 
that is something that I was talking about concerning Russia. It's not Russian oil. It's Ukrainian oil. It's Crimean oil. It's Bosnian oil. It's Croatian oil. It was Kosovo oil. It's all of those countries oil. It has never been Russian oil. Okay? And everybody's saying, well, there's a problem with Russian oil right now, so we got to do all this kind of garbage. Uh, the White House, uh, Biden, White House says that Biden was disappointed in this crap that OPEC is doing. OPEC plus and OPEC on what they're doing. Side note, however, back to the article, it said that Biden had directed the Department of Energy to release another 10 million barrels from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve next month. So in November, we're going to see a little bit of complications, but not too much because of the release of 10 million barrels in November, this coming November. Um, uh, got, and it's more than likely we still have enough uh, in in the Strategic Petroleum Reserve because he's only releasing 10 million barrels. There's no talk about doing, you know, uh, 20 billion, 200, 230 billion again, uh, and then another uh, X amount after a couple of weeks, after week two, and then another X amount after into the next quarter year. Okay, there's no talk of that. It's just the talk of 10 million barrels for November, and more than likely, that's really all that America really needs right now. So it's, I think that's a very smart way to go. Back to the article. The White House says the Biden administration will consult with Congress in additional tools and authorities to reduce OPEC's control over energy prices. Okay. Dis meeting discussions and meetings and all this stuff with uh, authorities to reduce OPEC's control. Does that mean it's discussions with or without or about Aramco and Movida? And, and the other five uh, oil industries, oil companies of this industry. Okay, that's that's my question. You know, are we going to see him stick it to them? Or is he going to be working something to where he's going to be relaxing regulations and stuff like the way he did with Chevron and Venezuela, and now we're accepting another 24,000 migrants? That's That's a concern, but only to a certain part because they're sponsored migrants. Nevertheless, it's, it's more than likely going to be a huge uh, benefit for Venezuela to see, look, look how powerful I am. You know, I told them, take those migrants, take those assholes that we don't want in our country. And the U.S. took them. And, we're and they're still buying our oil. You know, you know that might actually be popping up on the news um, sometime in the near future. Okay, so when Biden says he will consult with Congress on additional tools and authorities to reduce OPEC's control over energy prices, um, I'm going to be quite curious uh, what the meetings are about and the discussions and stuff. Moving on to the article, the statement added that the OPEC Plus announcement served as a reminder of why it is so crucial that the U.S. reduce its reliance on foreign sources of fossil fuels. And he's got a point. He's got a point. Look at this. Our oil and fuel companies here in the U.S. are jerking everybody around. You know, 
We're asking them, why are you raising the gas prices? They're saying, well, why did you vote for Biden? Okay? And then so all the other countries are saying, tolerate our shit and buy our oil or you don't get a deal. You know? Um, you know, re, uh, reminding everybody why it's so crucial. Yeah, it's crucial. Reminding us why... It's best to reduce the reliance on foreign sources of fossil fuels. That, hell yes. I, I see it completely. I say, you know, to Biden, if, if he was to ever listen to this, keep on keeping on. I say strike a deal with the automobiles and power generators and everything else that uses very, uh, that uses these gas things to make the switch to non-fossil fuel reliancy. Despite the fact that we're still going to need the oil for the machinery that makes these non-reliable <laughs> oil things. But that would entail having oil that more than likely we've already got. Okay? More than uh, oil that more than likely the oil that we can already produce without the help of foreign, uh, foreign bargainings. Without the help of tolerating the foreign uh, uh, political douchebags excuse me the foreign leaders you know that will slaughter an entire country and sell it to us as as their brand name you know to tolerate the foreign douchebags sorry to tolerate the foreign leaders you know that will sell us oil and tell us to look the other way while he destroys and kills his own people you know Hell yes, it's important. It's important so that way we can stop relying on the foreign dishbags, excuse me, the foreign leaders, like in Venezuela, who oppress and run out their own civilians, with the exception of whom the, the those at the top call their people, you know, but run out all the other civilians uh, and, and dump them on our soil. You know, if we don't rely on those countries' oil, you know, we don't. We, you know, we can actually still be the most powerful nation out of the world. Not that we're not already. Not that we're not still. We still are. But this would be another nail to the coffin to certify it. This would be another, uh, another brick uh, in the foundation to certify it. You know, another layer of concrete and support. If we could actually get rid of the reliance. The reliance of foreign fossils. Back to the uh, article. This is the very last article, by the way, and I'm coming to a close and then the summary. Speaking at a news conference, OPEC Secretary General, excuse me for not pronouncing this correctly, Haitham Al Gais defended the group's decision to impose a deep output cut, saying OPEC Plus was seeking to provide, quote, security and stability to the energy markets, end quote. When asked whether the alliance was doing so at a price, Al Gais said, everything has a price. Energy security has a price as well. Okay. That's his way of saying, take that. Summary. 
we're getting closer and closer to the showdown that I was talking about through previous posts. And the question is, the question is not who will win, but what will America do? Will we stand by Biden who's toughening it out and vote everybody that's on his side to back him up? Or do we bend over to the powers that be? The powers being corporate people who are shaking hands with foreign leaders who are committing crimes and atrocities for profit while here in the States... We, the the, uh, the the people, you know, are at least asking the gas and oil and fuel companies, you know, to please uh, apply lubrication. Oh, huh, sorry. What I meant to say is, please don't gas gouge the prices, okay? Don't gouge the gas prices. That's what I meant when I said, please use the lube. It's a very reasonable thing to ask. You know, we all live paycheck to paycheck, the majority of the U.S. You know, we can't have this kind of crap being thrown at us, okay? And I refer to the gas gouging prices because I, I want to re- I want to remind all of you who are listening to this, all of you, if not just this one person that's listening on the other side of this uh, speaker, of the other side of the screen, the first quarter of this year alone, the first quarter the gas and oil, the oil and fuel companies banked $40 billion again within a three-month time period, the first quarter out of this year. The second quarter was $60, million, $60 billion, okay? $60 billion in the second quarter. Okay, that's $40 billion plus 20. And that was during the time that the prices were technically being uh, um, ga- gouged. You know, that's that's true. How much was made in the third quarter? I don't know. I did not look yet. Um, but I'm, I'm willing to bet that it's still up there. That it's still up there in the tens of billions of dollars. And it was all through their, their garbage of saying, we don't have the initiative to open up any uh, more refinery, any brand new refineries. You know, we don't see a reason to reopen the old ones that currently exist. Okay, the old ones, six refineries in particular, okay, the six alone provided 800,000 barrels per day. They could refine 800,000 barrels per day. That's a lot of fuel. That's plenty of fuel to go around. Five or more loose refineries, nowhere near as big as the as the major seven, but five or more loose refineries combined, okay, not individually, but combined, could produce another 400,000 barrels per day. They could refine 400,000 barrels of oil per day. That's more than enough gas to go around uh, for the rest of us to enjoy. You, you can see that. You can do the math. Okay? And a lot of this is off of the testimony of 
of their own bragging rights. Gas companies and fuel companies and oil companies, they brag about this kind of stuff. They say we produce, you know, hundreds of thousands. In this case, the the uh, the six that uh, that are uh, re- that they're currently referring to here in the U.S. produces eight hundred thousand. Okay. It, it produces gal- uh, produces gas out of a total of eight hundred thousand barrels per day of oil, of crude. Excuse me, sorry. So what do you do? What do you do? Do we bow down to these uh, companies, you know, and hope that they use the lube? Hope because we're getting we're getting. We're getting screwed if we don't. That's not to say harsher times are not coming should Biden actually get the backup that he needs this coming election. Okay? I, I imagine the uh, the oil price, the oil industry is going to uh, do tremendous gas price, gouge gouging. Uh, they're going to start... Uh, they're going to start sending... Uh, uh, doing more reports to the media and uh, calling on all of those who are following rhetoric... Uh, uh, to, to you know, to spread nothing but a bunch of lies and, and conspiracies and all this other crap, uh, far more heavier than than they've been already doing, you know. Uh, uh, in in reference, just to break down America's morale and and have us regret voting for the backup, voting for all the politicians who are backing up Biden. What do you do? What do you do? We're getting closer and closer to the showdown, and it's not uh, which is going to win those this those politicians or these corporations. It's the big question is what are we going to do? What is America going to do? Because this and it's going to be as sure as as sure as. All of this stuff is being done before the November 8 election with an OPEC plus meeting the following month and on December 4th. You know full well it's political power that can be backed up by power of the people or power by those politicians who bow down and cater to the corporations. It is just that obvious. It is that obvious. As sure as all of this crap, as sure as we're now seeing gas prices rise, you know, and the only thing that the fuel and gas companies can say is, oh, well, what is Biden going to do? You know, why don't you talk to Biden about that? He's the one that's not letting us buy Russian oil. Yeah, again, it's not Russian oil. It's stolen Ukrainian oil. It was stolen Crimean oil before that. It was stolen uh, Kosovo oil, Croatian oil, Bosnian oil, etc., etc. Okay? We've got... We've got to make a choice coming very soon. Okay? Because, again, you know, what are we going to do? Now that's not the title of this pro- uh, uh, episode. The title of this episode is "Tough It Out" or "Bend Over." 
And again, it's a very reasonable question. Do we tough it out? <laughs> or do we bend over and beg that and pray that the the you know the anal lube is going to be used? The anal, the anal lube is going to be uh, um, applied. Uh, let's hope. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. Let's hope and see. Let, we're going to find out soon enough. I'm going to close out, uh, close out the hour uh, by saying currently, while this is being recorded, um, the January 6th committee is uh, is voting on a. On, on Trump to be subpoenaed. Um, as far as that's going, um, it's a slow process, and we got to wait that out as well. There's a possibility of uh, people voting for for politicians that are against Biden, uh, but most importantly, pro-Trump, and. Um, and of course, that's not only a lack of backup to Biden; it's it's lack of backup and just complete um, anti-support of anything of anything uh, um, uh, pro-America. You know, it's it's not going to help. So, as far as I'm concerned, you know. This subpoena is actually a very good power play as well. Because if Trump runs away, you know, he's letting not only letting his true colors show, you know. But even if he doesn't, let's say he comes, let's say he agrees to the subpoena and actually gets goes to the court, you know, his true colors are gonna be shown, whether it's pleading the fifth or doing a bunch of ranting or uh, or, or just plain Jibber jabbering like the way he normally does, you know. Either way, that it's going to be a good thing. It's a good power play, you know. Everybody wants to look at hating Biden so much that they're forgetting that there's a, a previous president buffoon that's going to try to step up and say, "Revote for me, vote for me again," you know. And this subpoena. Will will remind us of how much of a buffoon that guy was, you know. We voted for Biden because we were just downright tired and frustrated of Trump. This will be a good reminder to everybody. The subpoena should be a good reminder to everybody. Why not to vote for him again? Uh, because of those, because we don't want to go back to those frustrations again. So as far as the January 6th committee thing is going, I say keep going, keep going. Don't stop. See it through. And good luck. Uh, as far as this oil and fuel industry thing, the stuff that's hitting us close to home, closer to home, um, I'm, I personally am voting for everybody that is going to back up Joe Biden, President Biden, our current president, uh, even if it means that I have to vote against my current uh, governor, uh, my current state representatives, my current state um, uh, legislators, you know, if I have to go against them, so be it. 
I just want to make sure that I'm voting for everybody that's going to be backing up Biden. Uh, because especially right now, while we're watching all of this power play take place, not just with foreign countries, not just with representatives from foreign countries and all this, the crap that they're they're throwing at us, all the garbage that they're they're uh, throwing at us, but to the powers who are catering to them in the name of profit here in the United States. Okay, they're, the powers that are catering to all of the uh, all of the. Uh, oil people and the business people that are that are joining forces that are actually just catering to uh, foreign powers while messing up everything here in the states that's wrong that is just plain wrong so yeah I got I gotta I gotta vote I'm gonna I gotta revote for Biden who's toughening this out uh, I gotta revote for not revote but I gotta vote for uh, brand new politicians who are backing him up, you know, which means like if uh, if I was in charge, if I was in the area where AOC was, I'd vote against her just simply because of how two-faced she is uh, saying vote for democracy, vote for democracy. And as soon as we get somebody like Joe Biden, oh, Joe Biden could have done a lot better with this move or that move. You know what? To hell with that person. Okay. Uh, same thing with uh, if I was living up in uh, I think it's New Hampshire or Vermont, where uh, where what's his face lives Bernie Sanders, uh, I'd be trying to vote for somebody to vote him out of uh, governorship also because he's all vote for democracy, vote for democracy, vote for the sake of the bureaucracy and all this stuff. And as soon as we remove some douchebag like Trump, we put Joe Biden in there. And the first thing that, you know, Bernie Sanders does is bitch, you know, uh, Biden is just weak. Oh, we can't. Hey, uh, he's just not good for this country. Okay. To hell with that guy, too. Okay. To hell with him. To hell with everybody that doesn't want to do something. To, to hell with everybody that's forgotten the purpose of doing good for the nation, regardless of the the walls that the president keeps running into, okay? Um, you know, he wouldn't be running through all of these problems if he had everybody backing him up, plain and simple. So, for right now, uh, that said, I hope everybody uh, is having a good work week. Um, stay safe out there. This is Chris with Chris's Comments, signing out.